0: Greetings, my friends. This is Brett from Dimension Z. We are all interested in horror movies, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend... Horror movies such as this will affect you in the future. You are interested in cult, slasher, and the worst movies of all time. And that is why you are here. And now, for our 25th episode, we are bringing to you our review of my favorite bad movie. Two miserable souls who survived the watching of several documentaries and the movie itself. My friend... Can your heart stand the shocking facts about plan nine from outer space with uh greg of the dead how's it going man
1: good how you doing wow Great. well done thank you
0: uh
1: that that was incredible i was gonna jump in i was like i'm just gonna let him ramble on this for a while
0: i was say i worked like i worked on that for like an hour trying to be like How can I get, like, okay, you're interested in the unknown, the unexplainable. Okay, what can I put in place of that? Cult movies, slashers. Yes. I was like, once it came together, I'm like, I want to end on episode 25, because this is going to be, like, the best that we ever get.
1: (laughs) Oh, we're not ending here. We didn't sit there and plan out our shit till at least already January 2022 to end on 25.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just saying like this, uh, waiting to do Plan 9 from Outer Space, like this entire week of preparation I've been doing has felt like the build up to Halloween. Where oh, like, good. I've been, I've watched like, I've watched like three or four documentaries um, on Plan 9 and Ed Wood himself. I watched the Tim Burton, uh, Ed Wood. I watched uh, Riff Tracks, the Mystery Science Theater guys. Uh, riff on plan nine from outer space and then i actually watched the movie itself
1: <laughs> yeah and what a movie it is by the way a little behind the scenes dear listeners that was only take two for brett to do that and take one he made about eight seconds in so to take brett knocking it out of the park with that intro
0: as, as soon as i flubbed the first like the first one i flubbed i flubbed in like the second sentence i was like fuck we're gonna be here for 20 minutes while i try to stammer my way through this thing
1: <laughs> i'm a little disappointed because for the whole network i consider myself a collector of bad takes and one day i'm just gonna make a super cut of everyone um uh, uh so i was a little disappointed i wasn't gonna get more of those but well done
0: Oh that would be a good idea to do like an like an F a special episode for like just the network of like here's an hour of like our fuck ups.
1: <laughs> it's just a sniffing and saying um for twenty minutes.
0: Yeah it's a uh uh <laughs>
1: <laughs> So <laughs> um, but yes. Land nine from outer space.
0: Um made in nineteen fifty seven, written, directed, and produced by the and I can't I mean, there's no word good enough for Edward D. Wood Jr. I idolize this man.
1: It's, you know what? Can we jump to the elephant in the room? How this is often considered the worst movie of all time. I gotta say, when you come into it with that expectation, and I'll preface this by, I'm talking when I saw this originally. It's not that bad, especially compared to movies at the time. Like, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of mistakes in it. But as far as like, what you get and there's a lot of bad to it too but it's not that far off from what you got a lot with these kind of movies
0: no it's extremely entertaining and it doesn't really like there's no real like boring parts it there's it doesn't really lag at all
1: no i i didn't have to break it up a lot or i mean i still broke it up just for time constraints because i'm when i'm doing stuff i'm busy but it's not like there's been some movies on here that i like i have to take a break or i'm not going to get through it it wasn't like that
0: Oh, no, there's definitely some of these, like, I I can think of, like, It Chapter 1. I had to, like, force myself to finish this movie, being like, it's for the podcast, I need to watch it. It was was Veronica
1: for me. I'm like, I have to, for my sanity, walk away for a minute here.
0: It seems like a chore. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I watched so much, like, Ed Wood and Plan 9, like, shit this week. Like, I want to do nothing for, like, the next, like, two months but every single Ed Wood movie.
1: And we had this locked down pretty early. Before we even started scheduling episodes, you do, like, our first milestone when we first hit episode 25, you wanted to do plan nine.
0: And that's even me cheating a little bit, because episode 25, honestly, isn't, like... 25 isn't, like, a number that, like, calls out for celebration. Like But you should, it, it is th-
1: the first milestone you really hit.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, it's the quarter... What, quarter... Not quarter century, but like, yeah, it's like a quarter of a like hundred. Yeah. yeah. But and like, like you would think I pretty would pretty wait consistent. for like.
1: What's that? You know? I say, and we're pretty consistent. I think we've only ever missed like four weeks since we started.
0: Yeah. And that was like back in November when I was going through like a bunch of shit with work. So like, yeah. But since then, we've been very good about it.
1: Yeah. So like, it's a big, it's a small, big deal. We'll put it that way.
0: Right. But Which it was required like. It's
1: acquired a good, bad movie.
0: I, it's. I immediate but as soon as we started the podcast, I was almost like, episode one, plan nine. But I was like, no, I can't do that. I can't blow my load that quick.
1: Well, it didn't take that long.
0: No. And last episode, you said that I couldn't get cum talking to this episode. There it is.
1: There you go. Ah, oh, fuck. I was going to try to hold you away from that.
0: Oh, this, so we I don't, don't get
1: it in the movie.
0: Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, there's no cum in plan nine, but there's plenty of cum outside of plan nine.
1: Yes. So, but like I was like, I don't think it's the worst movie of all time at all. Um, when did you see it for the first time?
0: I saw it first. I think it was junior year of high school, where I was really starting to discover like these older movies. Like that's around the same time I discovered Dracula as well. Where it's like, oh, I love these movies, and this was a movie that I would. Uh, there was a few movies I would wake up like an hour or two early. Before I had to go to school, so I could watch the movie before I went in. Plan 9 was one of those movies I would do with, with that all the time, as well as Dracula, which it's kind of funny that I went from like one extreme of Bela Lugosi's career to the other.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And we, I have thoughts on Bela Lugosi and Dracula with this movie, which we will hit. Yeah. Um, it's because I think we were a year separate. I think you saw it one year before me because I was a freshman in college, probably a year. I was a year older than you high school wise. So like, right. I think you saw it a year before me. Cause I remember I was a freshman in college when I first saw this.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely whenever I first watched it, I remember being like, Oh, this is the worst movie ever made. I definitely want to watch that. And I went into a very tongue in cheek of like, this is going to be terrible. And I was just so pleasantly surprised how much I adored it.
1: Yeah. It's, it really does hold you, your attention really well. And, I don't know if we didn't weren't like into horror. If we just had a passing liking of horror and like all that kind of stuff, I don't know if we'd like it as much.
0: No, it's definitely well. It's it's the thing of like okay, Vampira is in this movie. Who was like the first? Like I think she was the first horror host uh, hostess because she yeah. was like years before Elvira. We got Bella Lugosi in his, um, technically, I guess, last, I mean, it's his last movie, but I love also, like, on some of the posters, it says almost starring Bella Lugosi, because he was dead by the time they even started making this.
1: Yeah. So you, we just want to kick it off the way we normally do and start with it?
0: Yeah, I would say so. um, uh, we get uh, a great intro by Criswell that I parodied, uh, at the beginning of this episode.
1: Well done, by the way. Yeah, we do. Um, This is, I'll, like, point out any of the little quote-unquote flaws, but little things that people point out, like, when criticizing the movie. And it's, he is very clearly reading the cue cards here. You see his eyes going back and forth, like, as he goes to the next line. This whole opening.
0: His eyes are definitely shifting from line to line, which I love. And, like, every every once in a while you see him, like, kind of lean in to be, like, what's that word? Or, like... (laughs)
1: But you know what? Hats off to the guy, because he still gives it his all with the voice and everything.
0: Oh yeah, well, Criswell, you could definitely tell, was like a born, like, showman. Like, he has that, like, panache of, like, like almost that Las Vegas of, like, wow factor, you know? Yeah,
1: he definitely fits this role so well. Like, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm about to tell you, like, you know, is just so cliche and cheesy and perfect.
0: And I am a little, like, a little, it's not actually a flub, because at the time that he read it, it was called Grave Robbers from Outer Space. But I love how he's like, and my friends, can your heart stand the shocking facts about Grave Robbers from Outer Space? And then immediately, like, kind of, well, it doesn't immediately, but then it's like Plan 9 from Outer Space. So you're immediately like, okay, what's it actually called?
1: (laughs) But the people, the aliens were Grave Robbers from Outer Space, pretty much. Yeah. So I um, guess it works.
0: I, and as far, like, I'm pretty sure the story is, is that, like, it was, this was, uh he got the money from, like, a, a church, I'm pretty sure. I almost said cult. A church?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> that's your inner uh, Freudian slip coming out there. Yeah.
0: And they didn't like, and they were like, oh, it's blasphemous to call it grave robbers. Grave robbing's blasphemous. How about Plan 9 from Outer Space?
1: I always wish, like, we would have got a plan one through eight.
0: Oh, yeah, we're, um, well, when I was watching, like, different, like, reviews on this movie as well, like, some of the YouTubers I really like, um, Cinemassacre, that's one of the things they said was, like, I want the movie of, like, plan one through eight, what happened there, or was, like, plan one, like, get to Earth, plan two is set up the base, plan three, you know?
1: Yeah, we get that whole amazing opening, and... The story of what happened that fateful day. But you know what? It wasn't that fateful day. It was those fateful days. You know, yeah. it makes it sound like it's a one and done like day that happened. This stuff was going on. This is probably at least like a two week span movie, I'd say.
0: Oh, yeah. It takes place over some time. Yeah, well, because it, it, it's enough time where people die. And then we are at the funeral of the people who died in the movie. So it's at least been a few days at the very shortest, you know. No,
1: I want to say, and I don't know if this is Ed Wood's fault or technology's fault. It's a black and white movie, but I can never tell in this one more than most other black and white stuff I watch what's supposed to be day and what's night.
0: Oh, no, that is Ed Wood looking at the big picture and not being like, oh, no one's going to notice that it's day to night to day. Like, who cares?
1: Okay, so that uh, wasn't just me.
0: No, that's, like, the thing that he did that he was, like, no one's going to notice. It's about the big picture.
1: Okay, good. I just wanted to make sure. I'm like, why can't I tell what it's supposed to be the whole time?
0: Oh, and it also goes from, like, definitely, like, outside shots. Like, whenever we, like, later on, there's, like, the grave robbers. Or not the grave robbers, the grave diggers. And they're yeah. like, what's that over there? Because they, like, kind of hear a noise. And then it cuts to us 100% sound stage because the wall is just painted black. <laughs>
1: oh man there's no there's I, i'll get to all of it but so we get that funeral opening was now this is something that i've seen this movie so many times and i'm not sure is Vampira Bellalegosi's lugosi's wife
0: yes and this okay. movie yes that's what the oh thing. yeah I,
1: I know not in real life yeah right in the movie yes okay i just want to make sure because we never saw her alive
0: no, we never see her alive or them together. But yeah, that's the thing is like Bella Lugosi and Vampyra were married.
1: Okay, cuz that's his wife that died that he was very distraught over and everything. Right.
0: And this is like we get a little like how much actual Bella Lugo- true Bella Lugosi footage do you think is in this movie? 5 Not minutes
1: much, because they reuse that one fucking scene of him walking out of the woods like 8 times in this movie.
0: Yeah, him walking out of the woods into the cemetery and then, like, raising his cape. Yeah, that's yeah. used several times.
1: They only use the cape raise once, but that whole him walking out is in there a lot of times.
0: And that was shot during the day, and it will cut yes! to a night scene <laughs> yes! immediately.
1: Okay, good. So it's not just me, then.
0: No. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, this little bit of, like, Bella Lugosi footage was shot by Ed Wood with no real like he didn't have plan nine in his head yet when he shot this footage he just knew bella was getting really old and this is like right around when he had come out of rehab like not long after he came out of uh rehab so he's like i need to make sure to get more bella footage and so he just kind of shot random shit
1: that's genius and terrible at the same time
0: yeah and I lo- he's just very much of like I know eventually, like Bella's probably not long for this world. I want him to be in my next picture because Bella is my entire career, basically. Because after Bella died, Ed Wood's movies go way downhill.
1: How did Ed Wood land Bella Lugosi and Vampire? By the way,
0: um, I just I know Bella was like definitely a very washed up actor at that point. Like no one was using him anymore. I
1: mean, like he had that like. That legacy name to him, like even, people knew who Bella Lugosi was.
0: Yeah, but uh, I don't know if like I would take it from like the uh, Tim Burton Edward movie where every every time he mentions Bella Lugosi, everyone's like, "Oh, I thought he was dead." Like, no one had thought about Bella for so long because like the career trajectory that Boris Karloff and Bella Lugosi's went is so different. Where Boris Karloff went and stuck uh, stuck with Universal, and like kept doing a lot of their movies, and he became like a big star. Bella started as a big star, but started doing worse and worse movies as the years went on. To where then he is in this movie where cardboard gravestones fall over.
1: Yeah, we'll get to the. Well, here we go. It's the funeral opening. The basically it was Vampire dying, but again, we don't know it's Vampire. Um, and then, can we get to my favorite set piece of this whole movie, which is right after that?
0: The cockpit?
1: Yes, the cockpit is my favorite scene, like, setting in this whole thing.
0: Because their controls, it looks like a wooden desk you would sit at, at, like, in school.
1: Well, and the chairs are just regular chairs.
0: Uh, and you can't forget the clipboard. That's very important for flight. (laughs) I was
1: gonna say, it looks like there's a dartboard, like... On printed on paper on the one side and a clipboard on the other side and that's what makes a cockpit? Question?
0: Oh yeah, 100%. I also love when like the spaceship goes by and there's like that light. You can see the shadow of the boom mic.
1: And that is, alter- that's the most noticeable technical mistake I think in it.
0: Yeah, and this is like, God, what do you think, five minutes into the movie?
1: If that.
0: And we already have so many like on it, like, tech, like, quote unquote, technical difficulties where it's like really bad. Like, even like, you there's the uh sheet that's like um uh separating like the cockpit from the rest of the plane, and you can see it like wiggling because the way uh the stewardess is like standing right behind it, just waiting to be introduced.
1: <laughs> yes, so yeah, like you said, the whole UFO light shows the boom, and then we cut to the graveyard and. I wrote grave robbers, too, but like you said, I don't think they were grave robbers.
0: No, they're grave diggers. They're uh, basically like, back in the day before they used, like, backhoes to gr- dig the graves, it was people. Well, um, yeah,
1: I'm just saying, like, I, I think that's like a subconscious thing, because so many of these movies we deal with grave robbers. Maybe that's just why we both said that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a um, well, what you say, like, at the beginning, it was like the Freudian slip.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, they, um, uh, they see also, the
1: corpse of Vampyra, like, walking around, they scream and die off camera.
0: Yeah, where Vampyra was like, I don't want any lines in this movie, I'm embarrassed.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, I love also, like, in the uh, cockpit is, like, the first time we see one of the UFOs. And, like, the glorious, like, shot of the UFO is just a UFO, like, um, model hanging on a fishing line. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, and it's so funny later when they try to make them do, like, a little bit of action with the UFOs, because they're clearly trying to get them to go the way they want, but they're pulling, they're hanging on fishing lines trying to get them to do cool stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's even, the fishing line is even more noticeable if you watch the color version, because, like, you can see the shadow of, like, the UFO on the, like, wall, and you can see the fishing line, like, so much more.
1: (laughs) I... I don't know if I've ever actually watched the colored version. I've seen the black and white, a co- like, a lot of times, but...
0: The, um, for some reason, the Riff tracks version is the colored version, so that's the only reason I've seen it, because I love the black and white.
1: I don't know why they would only do that, like, you'd think they'd have a double release, but whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, most people die off-screen, I have mainly for production reasons
0: yeah and it's definitely like i love the um when when i was watching tim burton's ed wood when it's like them showing like it getting uh the movie being shot and they just stand over them and like shake their arms at the person
1: (laughs) i don't remember that at all
0: oh yeah like towards the end like yeah they're just like standing over like Tor johnson and he's just like oh while like oh yeah bella lugosi and vampire are just like waving their arms at him I also want to clear up a little bit of, uh, like, I would, um, a misconception misconception about the UFOs. They're not made out of paper plates and paper bowls. They're not hubcaps. They were actually made from, they were UFO model kits that he bought and put the models together. So that's what it is. It's a UFO model that you would buy in, like, a hobby store.
1: I didn't, I I know I heard the paper plate rumor, but I never actually thought that was true.
0: Yeah, I've heard the paper... Well, because the Tim Burton movie really leads to that because they show them, like, painting, like, paper plates. Yeah. So, like, I think that's where it kind of came from. It was probably came from before that, but that's, like, the one that, like, really, like, oh, it was made out of paper... Well, no, it was actually a UFO model. But it was also probably, like, a $2 UFO model that they bought and used, so it's not that much better.
1: Yeah, it might... The paper plates might have looked better.
0: Yeah, honestly, Maybe. <laughs>
1: Um, so, Bella Lugosi is still human here, is sad, it cuts to him, because he was never happy since his wife died, and he just walks into traffic, I think?
0: Yeah, he comes, he walks out of the house, which that is, um, actually Tor Johnson's house, who plays Inspector Clay later in the movie, that's the house he's also a professional wrestler, did you know that? Yeah, which, um, I love the, uh, George the Animal Steel, who played Tor Johnson in the Tim Burton movie said oh i was like so happy that i got cast for a movie and then i saw who they cast me as and i was like oh great i'm the only horror movie character that doesn't have to wear makeup
1: well you know it's insane because he looks so much like george the animal steel
0: oh it's like spot on like they had that casting for that movie so great
1: well it's because when i saw this because i knew tor johnson was a wrestler too yeah and so I'm like, oh, he's George the Animal Steel. Like, I didn't realize they were two separate people for a little while.
0: Yeah, where um Tor Johnson is, he went on to become also, like, a best-selling Halloween mask, which is also hilarious that like he's a Halloween mask and it's literally just what his face looks like.
1: Yes, I remember seeing that mask a lot back in the day.
0: Which I kick myself so hard now because I would love to have, like, that mask sitting on my desk, you know?
1: Remember when we were kids? Even if you didn't know what they were, his mask and the Scream Ghostface mask everyone bought.
0: Oh yeah, it's just it was just a Halloween. It was just like creeper Halloween mask is almost what it was, you know? Yeah.
1: So he dies, and it cuts to his funeral and the cardboard crypt that looks like a child's puppet stand that they're putting on a puppet show in the backyard for the reluctant aunts and uncles watching. Yeah, is I co- incredible.
0: I called it the clown car crypt, because, like, ten people come pouring out of what looks like a child's playhouse.
1: Oh, they're literally just lined up right behind it, walking through it. There's no way, like, they're in there.
0: And we also get, like, and, uh, we get, a. Uh, I love the Riff tracks version, because when the one guy comes out that the girl's talking to, it's Norm, because he looks like Norm from Cheers. Yeah. But, um, I, this is also great dialogue, where it's, like, so, like it's so like stone and like there's like nothing behind it where she's like why was she buried in the ground and he buried in a crypt
1: yeah that is strange isn't it
0: yeah it's just very like well because most of these people weren't actors they were just people that were friends with ed wood where he's like oh yeah i'll put you on my movie
1: yeah and during this funeral the gravedigger's bodies are found and the police arrive, led by, is he inspector or detective?
0: Uh, inspector Clay.
1: Inspector Daniel Clay.
0: Where I, which, I love that they gave Tor Johnson, like, all these lines. Because Bella's dead, Vampira, I guess, didn't want to speak. So he's like, he's my only star, quote unquote. But he talks like this, I get flashlight out of patrol car and go knock around a while.
1: Do we know why Vampire didn't want any lines?
0: Well, because she got fired from her like horror movie hostess job, yeah. and then Ed Wood was like the one that kind of helped pick her up. But she also knew of Ed Wood because he even had a reputation back then. Because before Plan Nine, he made Glenn or Glinda, which is his like cross dressing movie, mm-hmm. and then uh, oh, fuck, Bride of the Monster, which is actually also really really good.
1: So like. Word was out, these movies are not great, but they're there. Yeah, it,
0: Ed Wood was already, like, his name was already attached to all bad movies.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. So it's like, I'll show up, but I'm not saying shit. Right. And then they're looking around and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, you get it. Um, then we get the pilot is at home, which I don't know if Ed Wood knows how airplanes work. Right. Pilots don't just fly in their neighborhood.
0: Oh, they don't just fly to the house and like, like propeller down the the uh, road and park it in front of their house.
1: Like the odds are, you have better odds of hitting the lottery than you seeing the UFO as it's landing, basically in your backyard, and you are the pilot. Like they they didn't have to make it the same guy.
0: Yeah, and I also love that, like the U quote unquote UFO is just basically like a spotlight. With like a bunch of wind and everyone just like immediately like it's like the Star Trek original series where like everyone just immediately overreacts and like throws themselves into like the air. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I love for some reason, I love the fucking like warped fence behind them.
1: I don't know if I ever paid attention enough to the Oh, fence. yeah,
0: there's this fit. I don't know how the fuck this happens to wood, but it's, like, the fence is fine. It's, like, straight, and then, like, at the very top, it, like, curves, like, real weird, but oh, every weird. single board on the fence does it.
1: Oh, that's really weird. I never knew that, But I it's... never noticed it.
0: And that, uh, it always, like, I don't know where the fence came from exactly, but it definitely makes me think of, like, Ed Wood saw someone throwing out, like, their old fucked-up fence, and he's like, hey, I'll take that.
1: Yeah, like, that looks cool, and then Tim Burton got a million ideas. This is how every piece of scenery in my movies will look from now on.
0: Yeah, it has to be, like, nothing can be, like, a straight line.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, the pilot's all mad, because the army swore him to secrecy, but the, the public ought to know about it.
0: They've been here for years. They got to know. Yeah. It's, or and the, But then he's like, oh, what's all the fuss? It's
1: <laughs> and Then we get what you said, the, the whole Shatner overacting, like when the UFO passes by again and knocks them and their furniture over.
0: Which I love, like later on when it happens again, when there's like 10 people on that patio and they all fall over and then it cuts back to them and they just all quietly stand up and just kind of stand there for a second.
1: <laughs> The cameras were still rolling after Cut had been yelled.
0: Like, Ed Wood's, like, standing behind the camera, like, it's still
1: going. Come on, do something. We are not wasting this film. Come on, people. Yeah, this is 19—this is the
0: 1950s. Like, we're actually having to shoot on real film. That costs money. That's why we can only do one or two takes.
1: And it's so— what this is after where Clay is still investigating in the graveyard and he's killed by both vampire and Bella Lugosi. Yeah,
0: quote unquote. This is when uh, it's Bella Lugosi. Quote unquote. It's actually um, uh, it's I think it was Bella Lugosi's chiropractor plays a uh, fake Bella because he's like, You're oh, he looks kidding like me, him. for real. What's that?
1: For, wait, are you being serious? Is his chiropractor?
0: Yeah, it was his chiropractor who played because he was looking at him being like. Oh, you kind of look like Bella Lugosi.
1: Wait, do you mean Ed Wood's chiropractor? Yeah, you said Bella Lugosi's chiropractor. Okay. Oh, sorry, no, confused.
0: Ed Wood's chiropractor. Sorry.
1: Oh, okay, that makes more sense now. I was going to say, why do they look so similar? Yeah. No, okay, that makes sense. But yeah, because you notice anytime it's fake Bella, he's done doing the whole Dracula cape over face.
0: Yeah, but it just way, and you can definitely tell, like he's much taller than Bella. Bella at this time was also, I think, in his, like, 70s, and this guy is, like, in his 40s, so he looks nowhere near as old as he is.
1: (laughs) I love that, like, how just Dracula they went for it. And the fact that this, the guy who becomes reanimated, like, the ghoul, is not a vampire. He's just a regular guy. Remember, He walks into traffic and dies. Why does he have a cape to begin with?
0: Because Bella Lugosi wanted to wear his Dracula cape one last time. That's that's it.
1: That that's really it.
0: Yeah, because he Bella loved like his whole legacy was Dracula, and he obsessed over that and like trying to like have his next Dracula role kind of thing, and that's why he wore. I think it's the Dracula cape from his uh, stage days when he did Dracula on stage, and oh, okay. that's this is also the same cape that he was buried in.
1: I knew he was buried in a cape. That's cool.
0: Yeah. It's this Dracula cape.
1: Like, he shoots that and they, of course, don't react and they kill Clay. Um, And to
0: go back real quick, you know how much I love, like, collecting, like, little, like, horror movie memorabilia type things? Like, I've, like, have a couple rocks, like, from Night of the Living Dead and, like, Fire the 13th. Yeah. When I was watching the one documentary, I definitely had a thought of, like, well, if he was buried in the Dracula cape and we know where his gravestone is, then we know where the Dracula cape is.
1: We're not grave robbing Bela Lugosi. Can
0: can we go get Bela Lugosi's Dracula cape off of his bones?
1: <laughs> Funny you mentioned that. Spoilers for later on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my favorite line is um what is it suppose that saucer had something to do with this no shit
0: yeah really no that's completely uh that's something else no that's a (laughs) different movie don't pay attention to it
1: i love how like nonchalant everyone is about the flying saucers
0: well everyone almost treats it like everyone knows they're here why aren't why don't people know you know
1: yeah but like all this weird stuff happening right when the flying saucers are landing in your town you're like huh I wonder if it's related. Like that—that's what my favorite thing is. No one puts it together.
0: Yeah, no one has the. Yeah, no one puts one like two and two together. Of oh, wait a minute—the dead started coming back to life when the alien showed up.
1: Yes, and then we have we're at Clay's funeral, and is Vampira attending or watching from the distance? Because it is not made clear.
0: What I got is I almost like she's like standing like. In the shadows watching it.
1: Okay, but again, them not knowing whether they feel like shooting at day or night, and not being able to tell if she's far away, did this part no favors? Because I still don't know.
0: Well, then also, it's like, it leads to, do they, like, remember? Like, do they still have memories, but they're just under control? Or, like, if they're just completely just dead bodies that are being, like, controlled with no memory, why is she standing there at her husband's funeral (laughs)
1: Oh, that wasn't her husband, that was Clay's funeral, wasn't it?
0: Oh, that yeah, that's, fuck, sorry, Clay's funeral. But yeah, yeah, well, I mean, maybe they're just like, oh, there's another body that we can take.
1: Yeah. Um, And then one of my favorite visual, like, scenes is next. And that's the UFOs going by the highway, like, at Hollywood and everything. Yeah. Like, I don't know why, I, I just love that little scene there. What's and, like, it? you see all the newspaper headlines and everything. The word's out about the UFOs, pretty much.
0: And the the UFOs over the, like, the, uh, roadway, they're, like, so, like, herky-jerky, like. Oh, yeah. Um, also, the, uh, man-holding newspaper in, like, that newspaper scene yeah. is played by the great Edward D. Wood Jr. I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. I also then... love
0: whenever they're, um, whenever it's doing that scene of, like, flying saucers over Hollywood, and I love the guy where it's like, sometimes you can't even believe your own eyes. And it's the guy walking out of the bar with the full bottle of liquor. And he like rubs his eyes and like puts the bottle on the trash can.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, we get the amazing like army versus flying saucer scene.
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely like footage, like stock footage from World War II versus uh, flying saucers. <laughs>
1: And this is what I was alluding to earlier, like, the attempted kind of action scene with him. One, it feels like it goes on forever.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a scene that drags, where, like, they're shooting quote-unquote missiles at him, which are honestly, like, bottle rockets.
1: Yeah, and, like, the people puppeteering the ufos aren't very good at puppeteering the ufos and so like the trying to make them dodge around and everything just looks really weird
0: yeah and then it like keeps cutting back to like that one general whatever with like the binoculars who's definitely standing just in front of a blank wall oh yeah which i love riff tracks thing on that whenever they cut to them he's like help help i'm in uh uh, fuck what's it called purgatory i'm in purgatory help me (laughs) (laughs)
1: So, um, the saucers retreat and disappear, and they return to Space Station 7.
0: Yeah, and this is where, um, fuck, what's this, is it Eros, or, it's one of, this is when, like, the actual aliens come into play, which, I, they're super advanced, because they have a wooden desk, and they have that, like, Tesla, Tesla coil thing that goes, (laughs) zip.
1: Oh, yeah. And, they got, like, all their furniture from, like, Ikea, but they do have that, and a few screens. Yeah, and they look just like us. Oh there, yeah, there, there was no alien makeup used in this.
0: No, there's no attempt to like make them a different, like make them like green or like or like give antennas. Them antenna. even.
1: Yeah, they're at Space Station Seven. They say we've contacted their governments, but they won't acknowledge our existence. They are very, what's the word I want to say here? Concerned and offended that the. Earth's governments won't acknowledge them. Like yeah, it's like they're taking it personally.
0: They're being all pissy about it.
1: Yeah, they, they are. They have like a diva attitude to them about that, don't they?
0: Oh, and definitely that uh, they definitely have a diva attitude because that lends lends to later when the one has like a temper tantrum at the general.
1: <laughs> oh my god, yes! But uh, oh, this is where we hear Plan Nine said for the first time.
0: Yeah, where they're like, uh, and uh, what plan were you carry out now? And that's Plan Nine, sir. Plan Nine, and then you see him pick up what is obviously the script and go, "Oh yes, Plan Nine, the resurrection <laughs> of the dead. Uh, electrodes shot into the pituitary glands of recent dead."
1: <laughs> I it's just like, like red, like red if you were numbering stiff. plans. The that would not be number nine. No, that would have to be like Plan Two Hundred and Twenty Seven. Maybe that's when you start reanimating the dead. I feel like there's other options before you hit that.
0: We're like, okay, let's take over their broadcast system and broadcast ourselves over their television and radios. Yeah, you think no. that will
1: be plan one.
0: We're gonna resurrect three, like, people and In have the middle them creep- of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere, have them creep around in the cemetery and like, kinda stalk people and kinda yeah. not.
1: Then karate chop small town cops.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which, I love that scene when he does the karate chop, and then he has to fix fix his cape real quick.
1: (laughs) The karate, the double karate chop to the neck is exactly what you'd expect an undead man in a cape to use, isn't it?
0: Yeah, a a wannabe vampire loves the karate chop as a defense mechanism.
1: Well, anyway, after the space station, we have uh the, back to the pilot's house, who live remember right by the cemetery, and he's leaving, and he's telling his wife, "Forget about the flying saucers. There's something going on at the cemetery."
0: Yeah, and she's like, "Don't worry. Um, once you're out there, I'll lock myself in there, so I'm not in there without there people." And it's yeah.
1: By the way. If you, flying saucers are so close to your house that it literally knocks you down, worry about the flying saucers.
0: Yeah, they're like, oh, the flying saucers are up there. It's at that cemeteries that's worrying me right down the road. It's like, why not both?
1: And then what is this weird discussion they have about pillows?
0: Oh, about like, um, and I grab your pillow and uh, hug it and sleep with it. And he's like, my pillow? My pillow?
1: Yeah, he's reacting as if she's saying, like, the nastiest, kinky shit in the world. Well, she's like, sometimes I miss you when I hold your pillow. Like, oh, like, well, oh, you do now. That,
0: she, that, I just remember, she doesn't even say that she holds his pillow. She's like, sometimes I reach out and touch it.
1: Yeah, like, what in the world is this marriage?
0: And he's acting like it's, like, this one of the kinkiest things he's ever done heard he's like my pillow i know like
1: this this let it as much as we both enjoy edward's work let it not be said that he was a good dialogue writer at all
0: no he he was quick at writing dialogue and that definitely shows i think he wrote plan nine in like two
1: weeks color me shocked
0: yeah (laughs) was he married yeah um he was. I forget what her name was, uh, but yeah, she uh, he was married to uh her until he died in seventy eight, and then she never remarried again.
1: Now that one, I unsarcastically color me shocked because hearing how he writes discussions between a husband and wife, I would not have guessed.
0: Yeah, uh, she was actually in one of the documentaries I watched. I think it was um, I I forget if it was a Look Back Through Angora or um, Flying Saucers Over Hollywood, the Plan Nine story. But they oh, actually okay. interview her about Ed Wood and stuff, and she has nothing but nice things to say about him.
1: Good. Well, I mean, I hope so. But that's good to hear. And by the way, I know it's because the car is parked in front of a, <laughs> in a blank wall. wall. But why does he get in the passenger door? <laughs>
0: Just because they're on a sound stage and they parked it too close to the wall. <laughs>
1: Did you notice that too? Instead of moving the car to a better angle, he just gets in the passenger door.
0: Yeah, and hops over. It makes no sense. I have never done that once.
1: No, now if like my driver's door was locked, okay. But in a but he's also in a convertible. It doesn't matter if the door is locked.
0: No, you can just hop over it. Or like the only other time I can think I've done it is like have you ever been like doing like a really long trip and you guys like you and like someone else like switch driving? And, like, one of you just kind of hops over. That's the only time I can ever think of doing that.
1: Yeah, that's different. The the flight attendant, because he's talking about, like, he seems out of it. Like, we need you on tip-top shape. You're the pilot. We have 33 passengers depending on you. And this flight attendant goes, I warned you against that cemetery business. Like, what did she warn him that moving by a cemetery? Was she somehow in the know that aliens were going to invade and reanimate her dead?
0: Well no, I think she's honestly she's just like uh you get there uh, quick enough as it is. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think she this is just the 50s of like oh, cemeteries are spooky, you know.
1: <laughs> Next we get the scene that we've already referenced, but there's just an absolute joy. And that's Bella Lugosi walking out of the woods and just waving his cape around.
0: And he is having a blast, you can tell. He has the biggest smile on his face.
1: Yeah, it, he doesn't look like a corpse at all here.
0: No, he's having a fun day out with Ed Wood.
1: Yes. <laughs> they're, they're all
0: <laughs> cosplaying basically. Like they're making a fan film.
1: And then so like I guess this is him making his way to the pilot's house it's supposed to be because then he like gets in the house somehow and the weirdest reaction is when Bella Lugosi makes it into the pilot wife's room. Yeah, she is super calm. Looks at him. It's clearly it's not like wait, what is that? Very calm until sh- screaming. No yeah, panic ch- or anything first.
0: No, she slowly st- she slowly like puts her book away, stands up, it like- marks
1: her page. Oh, this this is where I'm at.
0: Yeah, and, like, kind of, like, takes a few steps towards the door. As soon as he, like, kind of turns to her, she's, like, she does that weird, like, "Ah! Ah!" scream.
1: Yeah, and she runs into the graveyard, and we find this, like, pulsing, fresh grave, which we later play reanimates and rises from it. And was this supposed to be, again, this is where the day and night shooting really confuses me, because, is this supposed to be like she ran all through the night through this cemetery? Oh
0: because god, it whoa. It feels
1: like it's morning, and she collapses by the road.
0: Well, I also, yeah, it's, it, I don't know, Like, there's no way she's run all through the night. because Well, because she's right there beside the cemetery, so it's not like she had far to run.
1: No, but like, like did she just do laps around it, or like, what was going on? She's
0: just screaming and running in circles around her house.
1: And then she's rescued by cowboy hat guy.
0: Which with I wanna we talked about Michael Parks's ass last episode. This yes. guy has a fuck the giantest ass I've ever seen <laughs> on a person. It's bigger than the car. <laughs>
1: You're not wrong.
0: Because he bends over to pick her up and these pants that he's wearing is just like it takes up the entire screen.
1: We don't know who he is, do we?
0: Him? No. Well, I don't think I know. I forget if he's the one producer who like put up a bunch of money for it or not. I'm not a hundred percent who he is. so I don't want to say.
1: Well, anyway, like he sees the ghouls walking towards him. His car doesn't start for a minute, but then starts and he drives away.
0: Which um, real quick to go back to uh, Tor Johnson, uh, Inspector Clay coming out of his grave. Yeah. I love the tiny little miniature that's obviously like someone just like poking their finger up through the dirt just making it move a little bit and then then him trying to get out of the grave he's so huge there's an obvious cut of him like struggling to get out of the grave and then cut to he's out of the grave oh
1: yeah yeah that i'm sure was not easy for a man of his stature no um the police arrive at the cemetery and this this (laughs) it's a detective and two beat cops
0: yeah, which one of them is uh, played by Conrad Brooks, who was, uh, I th- I'm pretty, I'm not sure if he's still alive or not, but he's one of, like, he was one of the last surviving people from this movie. And I'm not sure if it's real or not, but I have a Conrad Brooks autograph on a Plan 9 poster that I bought at a Comic-Con, like, eight years ago for $10.
1: Oh, no shit!
0: Which, I don't know if it's a real Conrad Brooks autograph, and then I don't also know if people would know enough to fake a Conrad Brooks autograph. Like,
1: Yeah, that would be a really weird fake signature.
0: Like, because I, I was definitely walking by, and I was like the one, one out of like <laughs> three people at this Comic-Con that would have been like, Conrad Brooks! <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so, the detective, the way they let us know that he is smart is they hear the UFO noise which is an out-of-this-world noise, you know, something that you would not be familiar with. Well, and it, the it, two beat cops are like, "Oh, what is that? Yeah. And the detective is like, ah, you don't know. That's the same sound we heard when the UFO came. It must be the flying saucer. Like, oh, you really think? That is not the sign of a smart man. Now, that's not saying he's stupid. Right. But that's not how you teach me. This is a wise, smart, case-cracking detective was say,
0: uh, I me heard that same sound last time flying's uh, cigar go by.
1: Yeah, like, do you think it has something to do with again? Well, I, I to, think it must be the same thing. No shit! And the UFO
0: either sounds like a whistle or like this huge whoosh.
1: Yeah, there's no consistency.
0: It's either... Or, yeah. <laughs> Um, I also love how this detective is constantly like pointing his gun at people and using it to like adjust his hat and like scratch his like face.
1: Oh yeah. Terrible like gun control the whole time.
0: Well um I know when I was watching the uh cinemassacre um uh review on Plan Nine when they did their rental reviews, James Rolfe, who is the angry video game nerd, uh was in the remake of Plan Nine. And he played that same... He, play, he played one of the cops. Oh, and okay. he And he was saying in that movie, which was extremely low budget, he started kind of doing that with like the fake prop gun, like scratching his head with it and like pointing it at people. And the firearms wrangler there like stopped everything and told him, do not do that. And James was like, what? It's a fake gun. He's like, yeah, but that's the same thing that happened to Brandon Lee and the crow. And he died
1: it's a fair point but you still point guns at people in movies all the time
0: well yeah but i think whenever you it's they're pointing it at it, it's like a rubber gun it's not like one with blanks in it
1: oh okay because
0: that's what happened i'm pretty sure with uh brandon lee and the crow is it was a blank but there was like a chunk that flew out and that's what killed him or something uh... but he was like even like he's like no like that is just lends to even more of you should not be doing that
1: <laughs> yeah so the dead return to the UFO, and they turn off the electrode switch.
0: Yeah, where well, I love where they um they bring them into, like, the UFO room, and then they're like, they don't know the difference between us and them. Hurry, hurry. And then they're like, it's not working. And they're like, drop it to the ground. It'll break the connection.
1: Yeah. Wh- what is this?
0: It's like, you have no... So you basically reanimated the dead, and they're just like, Willy nilly doing whatever they want then. You have no control over them other than to be like, I guess come here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you can turn them off. That's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, they have an on and off switch.
1: So I love when the cops discover Clay's grave, which he left, and they were just there for the funeral. They don't know whose grave it was. And they even know something really familiar about this same spot right here. Yeah,
0: it seems like we were here. About 24 hours ago.
1: Yes. And I love when they're like, well, climb in there and see if you can see whose headstone it is. When you see this cop getting, quote unquote, into the ground, it is so clearly above the ground. Like, oh, yeah, a big like dumpster or something made to look like dirt around the outside.
0: Well, I wouldn't put it past Ed Wood to film inside a dumpster.
1: Yes. Like, I don't know if that's a joke or not. Like, it very well could.
0: But I also love the line of dialogue where they're like, we got to figure out whose grave this is. And they're like, uh, or we got to go down there or something. And they're like, legally, we can't because we need to notify the next of kin. But the headstone fell in. So go down there and see whose, uh, headstone that is. And the one cop's like, why do I always get caught up in these spook details? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that they're cops too. You yeah. They're not. Be- I got a match. You're a fucking cop! Yeah, you Carry happen- a flashlight! I had to carry a flashlight with me at my job at all times. You are an officer of the law!
0: Yeah, how do you not have a flashlight? That's on, like, your utility belt thing.
1: Yeah, I literally have to carry a flashlight with me at work at all times. Why do these police not have one? Oh, I got a match!
0: It's like, oh great, that'll help me, like, have a t- the tiniest little bit of light for about five seconds. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but that's when they yeah they discover this is Inspector Clay's grave, and everyone's mouth just like hangs open.
1: Boom, boom, boom! Yeah, like one of those. Um, then we cut to the Pentagon.
0: Yeah. Oh, For this uh, yeah.
1: Random shit.
0: Where he's uh, where it's like the Pentagon guys like, do you believe in UFOs? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, this could be a court martial. And they just stare at each other.
1: Yeah, like it's like. You know the guy believes in it. You know he's still a decorated member of the military. Just bring him on, not this whole like weird game they're playing with him. Like I, I don't get... Do you want him on your side or not?
0: Yeah, you're being a dick to him, but then you're also like, I'm sending you uh, across the country to check this out.
1: Yeah. Uh, basically, that's the whole Pentagon thing. We don't need to go over it very much. Oh, wait. Yes, we do. Did you search the background at all during the Pentagon scene?
0: Uh, I'd if you mention uh, I don't know. I don't there think there are so. just
1: like posters of stars literally thumbtacked to the wall, not <laughs> even smoothed out.
0: It's like, that's the Pentagon,
1: yes, and like, a map. Design, Edward. There's two telephones, a map, and then posters of stars it's tacked a- onto the wall.
0: Where's their clipboard? It can't be official without a clipboard.
1: No, that that's a plane.
0: Oh yeah, clipboards need plane. That's right. That's right. That helps them fly.
1: Yes, it's like Superman's cape. Yeah. <laughs> um and then we get our thing which we talked about earlier with them like being on the ship with them and everything. But the thing we missed is the one like in charge aliens like the old one must be sacrificed. Yeah. Why?
0: Yeah, why? why? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, it, just, if we're going to make our presence known. It's like, you know how you can make your presence known? Go to the Pentagon yourself and be like, hi, my name's Eros. I'm an alien.
1: Yeah, we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty.
0: Yeah, we've been calling you over and over again.
1: He does have yeah, this like, kind of badass line. Like, when you have enough dead, march them on the steps of the capitals. Like, think, like, I'm like, yeah, now you're thinking. That like, be yeah, cool. like an undead like, army like, taking over. That sounds cool.
0: Yeah, but also, how long would it take them to get to that point? Because we're like two weeks into Plan Nine, and they brought back three people, and one of them, the super old man,
1: and they're gonna get rid of the one. It's literally a third of your product.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which um, I love. Well, I, to go back to the Pentagon scene real quick, I love when they're like, they got the message from the aliens about like the uh, solar burnite bomb or whatever that explodes the sun light. Yeah, and they're going on and on about like how dangerous it is, and like they keep like giving each other looks, like they're smirking, like, "Yeah, right. We're Americans. We're gonna fucking bomb the fuck out of that sunlight."
1: Yeah, we would. And oh, was, uh, yeah. In the like, USA, it was also like, USA, <laughs> <laughs> USA. In the record, like, if you deny us our land rights, like, it, it's so weird. Like, I don't think at this point in the script, Edward knew why the aliens were invading. No,
0: he's like, I'll figure it out at the end.
1: He kind of does. But yeah, so the whole... And then we get the Colonel Edwards and the detective of the town. Colonel Edwards was the guy at the Pentagon who was hired. Meets with the pilot and his wife and they're discussing everything. And the beat cop is outside with the car and he is chased by Bela Lugosi. Yeah, I say chased. "chased." It's literally in my notes in quotes. The biggest quotes
0: of... Yeah, Bella Le- uh, fake Bella Lugosi slowly walks towards him.
1: <laughs> yeah, by the way, this cop, someone walks at him. He draws his gun on him. Hey, you! And he
0: empties the clip. Yeah. He, f- he shoots the entire gun's worth of bullets at him.
1: And then, like we said, we get the amazing double karate chop.
0: Yeah, the double karate chop followed by the cape save.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then the the ship does woo, 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 and he's turned into a skeleton with the cape
0: yeah and then they um like flip the cape over and see that's a skeleton and once again no one reacts for like 5 seconds
1: who says this i remember the line was he didn't look that way a minute ago
0: yeah which leads <laughs> oh. to later on when like they like quote unquote defeat the aliens and they're like oh what about the ghoul's wife and they're like oh... He probably, she probably looks like he does. Who cares? It's fine.
1: Yeah, they really do not wrap up that loose end at all. Like, oh yeah, she's probably just like that. The end. Yeah. So the colonel, the cops, and the couple go to the graveyard, and the 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 detective or the colonel, I don't remember which says he goes, "Is the girl safe?" Like you sexist motherfucker. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, better keep the women safe. You don't want them getting all ruffled up.
1: Yeah, and so the beat cop stays with her at the car, and the aliens basically let them find the ship at this point.
0: Right. Yeah, they walk up on it, and now the spaceship looks like a wooden box.
1: Yeah, very different than all what we've seen so far. Um,
0: Yeah, it's not even like when the spaceships are flying that there's like a square part at the bottom. At that point, I would have been like, okay, no, the... uh, it's rounded on the bottom when they're flying.
1: I think it was the puppet show crypt repurposed.
0: Oh, it definitely was, yeah. And um, I also love that there's just, like, a ladder, like, nailed to the side of the UFO.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, in case it takes off without you.
0: But it's like an extension ladder.
1: Clay finds the what the wife and the beat cop at the car, and he, once again, chops the cop down, and the yes, wife just he, faints.
0: He slowly walks towards him and, yeah, does this, like, weird karate chop with both hands and then just slowly walks towards her while she could easily, like, run out the other side of the car. No, she does the, oh, I'm scared, so I can't move now.
1: <laughs> yeah, she just possums and falls over, like those fainting goats. Yeah. So, and then the door to the ship opens and they go in. And I don't remember why. Why does he shoot the control panel?
0: Oh, because, um, the one alien keeps, like, going, like, towards it to, like, turn on the viewer, and he's, like, the one point he's, like, don't take another step, and she's, like, "I'm oh, just trying to turn on the viewer, basically, and then, yeah, she takes, like, another step, and he shoots,
1: and he's like, next time, it won't miss. I love the puff of smoke. Nothing seems damaged, but he shoots it and just goes, poof!
0: Yeah, poof. Yeah, it's just out of nowhere. No but fire, still, no, it's fine.
1: It still works perfectly. Uh, they turn the screen on and it shows clay carrying his wife and he's all mad of course and i don't want to go through all this i'll let you take any that you do want this is where we get the whole bomb explanation and everything oh
0: yeah the whole solar night bomb and like i love how they're like um they dumb it down to like the dumbest like it's like he's this alien's talking to like a first grader like pretend that the sun is a can of gas And the sun rays are the gasoline itself. And the paper ball is the earth. If you light the earth on fire, it's going to trail along the gasoline sun rays to the gas tank. The sun.
1: Yeah, it's like basically if you use this bomb that you do not have the technology for. You are in no danger of using. The only reason now they might do it is because you told them about it.
0: They said something about your scientists are really close to stumbling upon this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where they're um I love that the the colonel or whatever the one like military guys like, well if we had the solar night bomb, we would be even in more power for a more powerful nation than ever and the aliens like, you see you see your stupid minds stupid, <laughs> stupid! <laughs> He throws a temper tantrum out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, he really does. Are these and calling this, them the immature like species.
0: And the fight scene breaks out and because the American is like, that's all I'm going to hear from you. You don't call an American, stupid. Let me yeah. chug a Budweiser and I'm going to kick your ass.
1: And the fight breaks out. And once again, the ship is just filled with wooden furniture, like chi- children's furniture.
0: And it's not even bolted down because they're picking the stuff up to throw at each other.
1: Yeah, it's not it's not secure at all. Um, I like when the cops are questioning the other cop. What happened, to you? Oh, I got taken out again. Second time today. I'm getting tired of it. Be a better cop, dude. Carry a flashlight.
0: Yeah, and also like you're he had his back. Like you think you'd almost be like constantly like looking around. He's like leaning against against the car with his back to like the entire cemetery. Yeah, he's not Wait. copping at all. <laughs>
1: He does end up having a little hero moment because he saves the guy's wife as Clay's carrying her. Right. I don't think he actually saves her because it's like they turned off his electrode.
0: Yeah. But he, so, he is almost like, oh, look what I did.
1: Yeah. So like we said, the fight's going on. They get the door open and leave. A fiery flying saucer takes off and explodes.
0: Well, I love this is when the uh, girl alien, she's like, Eros!
1: Eros! Ah! Ah!
0: And yeah, as the... Um, a model UFO, it's set on fire and it's just going around on the string.
1: Oh, it's amazing. I love that effect. But it, it does blow up and after it blows up oh wait, no, it doesn't blow up yet. Clay turns into a skeleton. Then the ship blows up over Hollywood. Right. And they say, Well, there's another one. Oh, she probably looks just like him. That's the way they wrapped up Vampire in this and- Yeah it's
0: a like great detective work.
1: Yes. And we cut back to the narrator and he has a big another speech but it ends with, God help us in the future.
0: Yeah, well I love Criswell during both of these speeches says the future a total of like 20 times. Yeah. He's like, the f- you is uh, for, for you are interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives in the future.
1: <laughs> That's plan 9 from outer space.
0: Let us reward the innocent, let us punish the guilty. My friends.
1: <laughs> so I feel like a dumb question here. Do you enjoy this movie?
0: Eh, I mean, I could give or take. I could, yeah. I could leave it or take. no. I love this movie so much. Like, if you had to give me, like, okay, you need to pick um five movies that you're gonna like. These are the only five movies you can watch for the rest of your life. This would be one of them.
1: Yeah, it's a good. It's, I don't know if I'd pick it on that, but I do love this movie.
0: It, it's always. It's so much fun and. It shows that, like, Ed Wood had so much ambition, and even though, like, his budget would, like, the budget he had would usually, like, limitate someone, or limit someone, uh, he was like, no, I want aliens, I want UFOs, I want them on fire, I want all this stuff, we can make it happen somehow.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of inspirational, if it would have turned out a little better
0: i i look at ed wood it's extremely inspirational like whenever i first started the pod this podcast with you and i was like i almost took it as like i've used ed wood as like a motivator in my life so many different times of like well look what he did and he wasn't embarrassed to do what he did it was all about he doesn't care what other people think this is for him
1: that's a good way to look at it i like that
0: yeah what, there's so many times in my life I've been sitting there being like, oh, I shouldn't do that thing, or I don't think I'm good enough to do try to do this. And I'm like, look what Ed Wood did, and look where he is now. Let's fucking do the thing.
1: What would Ed Wood do?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, Ed Wood, like, like I've said it a couple times already, but yeah, he's a huge inspiration.
1: This movie, I don't know if it itself was inspirational, but this style of movie, like the old school alien invasion movies went huge and became very influential.
0: Oh yeah, and the like this movie is definitely like extremely like like has this huge cult classic too and is like very uh inspirational. Like I know it was referenced on Seinfeld, like there's the Chinese food episode where they're trying to get Chinese food because they're going to the movies and they mention that they're gonna go see Plan Nine from Outer Space.
1: Yeah, uh the Misfits original record label, like their self released records was Plan Nine Records.
0: And, like, The Damned put out Channel 7 Plan 9 about Plan 9, you know?
1: Very big in punk rock. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, if you don't get Plan 9, you don't get the Ed Wood movie, which, in turn, with all the research and love he had for Tim Burton when he made uh, Ed Wood, then we don't get Mars Attacks as well.
0: Yeah, because Mars Attacks is definitely... Because I believe Mars Attacks was the next movie Tim Burton made after Ed Wood.
1: It was. And, Actually, and, it's weird. Me and Max will talk about that on Geek Pause of like a wee hate Oh, game. really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, um... Yeah, he definitely was like, I want to make an Ed Wood movie.
1: Yeah, and Where, it's, you can tell it's a love letter to Plan 9.
0: And after, like, I can definitely tell, like, I'm not even like, at the very beginning, I was like, oh, I want to do Ed Wood movies for the next two months. Honestly... If you said, sure, I would be like, I'm in. Like, I am in with, like, I would love to do Glenn or Glinda. Uh, I definitely want to do Bride of the Monster one day. Um, His later movies are not as much fun. Like, Night of the Ghouls is very... You want to talk about no plot at all?
1: Well, you know what the problem is? Is he kind of got better. So you lose a lot of the fun of the bad movie.
0: Well, he lost, like, Bella was dead now, so he lost him. We don't have, like, because one of the big things about Glen or Glinda, Bride of the Monster, and Plan 9 is that Bella just choose the scenery in, especially the first two, not so much in Plan 9, of course. But in Glen or Glinda, uh, Bride of the Monster, he just chews the scenery constantly, and it's just so over the top. It's so good.
1: I'm not sure. What's it Glenn and Linda? Uh
0: Glenn or Glenda. Well Ed Wood had a quote and it was something along the lines of if you wanna know me and my story, watch Glenn or Glenda. If you wanna it was something about but uh, plan nine is my masterpiece or something like that. But Yeah, I think
1: we'd all agree with that part.
0: Oh yeah. Um but Ed Wood was a cross dresser way back before it was acceptable. Yeah. Where, like he um fought in World War II, wearing women's underwear
1: i had no idea about that
0: and that's an actual like honest thing where like that's not just something in the tim burton movie he honestly is quoted as saying to his friends back from world war ii of like if i'm shot i hope i'm killed because if i'm just wounded they're going to discover that i'm wearing panties and a bra under my uniform
1: and that sounds 100% spot on
0: yeah and, yeah, where the Glyn or Glinda is all about him, like, kind of coming to terms with himself being a transvestite and whatnot. Oh, okay. And that's oh. where the, um, uh, one documentary that's called, like, a, tr- a tale through, or a story through Angora or something like that. It's because he had an Angora f- uh, sweater fetish.
1: Oh, I never knew that.
0: Yeah. Where that's, um, like, there's all these stories about, like... Ed Wood would like direct while wearing drag and whatnot. And um watching these documentaries that I did, I think it was uh uh Flying Saucers over Hollywood that I saw it in, but there was um one of the very early movies he ever made was a Western, and it showed him directing, and holy shit was this guy animated. He's running all around like running all around the back of the camera, waving his arms, like the biggest smile on his face, and then he's like You can definitely tell he's, like, uh, cut the scene, and he goes running out, and he's explaining to the actor, like, how he has to fall. And, like, Edward, like, throws himself on the ground, and he's like, do it like that.
1: (laughs) That sounds (laughs) awesome.
0: Oh, it's so, like, if uh, you guys are, like, like, Edward at all, or or interested in this stuff at all, i definitely recommend. I think it's something through Angor, the Edward story, and then the Plan 9 companion.
1: Huh. Well, do you want to move into our closers?
0: Yeah, um, where are, we, uh, where are we at?
1: So, for the kill count, those who don't know, first episode joining us, or just forgot, the throbbing horror kill count totals all the kills in all the movies we've ever revealed. We don't count world-ending things or anything like that, just on-screen or key-to-the-story kills. Okay, so, last week, what do we do? We did Tusk. Yes. And that left us at 264. You want to take a guess?
0: Okay, let me think, because I know, uh, well, Bella dies in it. I don't know if you count Vampira because she technically dies in the movie but we don't see the death.
1: I did not count Vampyra, I'll give okay. you that.
0: And then there's Clay, and both aliens. I'm going to say four.
1: Oh, you missed two, you missed the Gravediggers.
0: Oh yeah, fuck
1: the Gravediggers, that's right. Yep. Six. Six kills Uh, puts us to 270.
0: Nice, thank Nice uh round number. Thank you, yeah. Edward.
1: We can jump right off that for the next
0: well uh every week I like to rate the movie one through ten of something from the movie and not do stars. And I think it's only fitting for this movie because of Ed Wood's love of it is that I'm going to do one through ten Angora sweaters. Okay. It's not technically from the movie, but Ed Wood probably wore an Angora sweater while directing this movie, so in hey, honor of the him, ratings is
1: your baby. I let you go with whatever you thinks best.
0: In honor of him, I'm going to do his favorite thing, which is Angora Sweaters. I could also do whiskey, I guess, because he was a huge drinker.
1: We did whiskey for Critters, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, yeah, Angora Sweaters. One okay. is, this movie is complete dog shit. Never watch it. Ten is, this is like the greatest movie ever. Watch it every single day. And This isn't me, like, joking around or anything. This is my honest, um, opinion. I give it ten Angora sweaters.
1: Oh, is this your first ten?
0: I could watch this movie and have before every single day.
1: Is this your first ten?
0: It is. This is my first perfect score.
1: Oh! Historic moment!
0: And I know, I know, it's an Ed Wood movie, and it's, it's the worst movie ever made. Shut the fuck up no well, and we should put is, our
1: disclaimer here these are our ratings this is it's the brett rating i'll give the greg rating it's not exactly this we're is not doing this as a film critic style
0: film critic style this would probably be a two yeah but brett's rating i could honestly watch this movie every single day and like i said i have done that before and i loved it every single time it's always so much fun I had so much fun watching all these documentaries about it and like looking up all this new info and whatnot. Like this entire week has felt like, the you know, like the week before Halloween and you're like super excited for Halloween. Oh, you're on that
1: jack-o'-lantern high, you have your decorations, like your marathon and as many horror movies as I can. Oh, yeah
0: yeah you're amping yourself up. That's what I felt this week waiting to do this podcast because I watched so much Ed Wood stuff and was just just had so much fun with it that it reminded me of that build up to Halloween type feeling, which honestly was amazing to know that, like, oh, I can feel that other than something than all Halloween.
1: <laughs> Good. I when, What
0: do you say, Greg, after my whole big speech? No, you're
1: good, dude. We literally talk. That's our job is to talk on here. It'd be weird if we didn't. Um, <laughs> I gave it seven Angora sweaters. Ugh, I can't say that. But okay. yeah, I like it a lot. It's definitely above passing. Um, I can't watch it every day. I can watch it multiple times a year. So right. that's a good score in my book.
0: Yeah, Yeah. When I first found this movie... In high school, I definitely I would wake up every morning early before school and watch this every day before school. It would either be this or Dracula, usually.
1: Like in two solid picks,
0: and it's so it's it's completely one opposite, like the opposite ends of the Bella Lugosi story of Dracula at his height and then Plan Nine at his lowest,
1: the rise and fall of Bella Lugosi.
0: Yeah, which honestly, Bella is such a great actor.
1: Oh yeah, he's fantastic. Oh, so I
0: could go on for another two hours on plan nine. Like like, dude,
1: I will fall asleep. We can't go on for two more
0: hours. (laughs) Like, I'm gonna honestly probably watch it again right now after we get off because like I just I'm just so plan nine up. Like I know next week we have to do a different movie, but I'm like plan nine, plan nine, plan nine, plan (laughs) nine.
1: It's funny you mentioned that because do you want to know what we're doing next week?
0: What's next week, Greg?
1: Next week is from 1989, Puppet Master.
0: Yes, the uh, uh, Charles Band, the Full Moon uh, Productions. Uh, you want to talk about bad movies, we're talking Full Moon. And Full Moon has ton of bad movies. But Puppet Master is honestly a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I, I actually have already kicked in and started watching it today. Uh, cut short because I had to go do some stuff. But I, it's a fun movie. You guys, if you do not have a copy and again my disclaimer if you're listening to the back catalog anytime I say where it's streaming is not valid then it might not even be valid by the time this drops because it changes so much but it is available on HBO Max
0: okay and And I know I got uh, the uh, nine movie puppet master like DVD set at Walmart I think it was seven dollars
1: yeah it's not hard to find this movie I have the entire puppet master collection and 3 the Killjoy collection for some reason in one set. Nice. So, yeah, that's next week, so make sure you guys tune back in next Friday. Uh special news kind of with our whole wrap up stuff. Yes. There is a new show that either is dropping this week or has just dropped the previous week that will be releasing Thursdays on the network.
0: Oh nice, we got a Thursday show now.
1: We do have a Thursday show P who has been on this show actually did the what was it, Blood Harvest?
0: yeah me and p talked about blood harvest and tiny tim at length
1: yes that's right p has an amazing tiny tim impression yeah um, i
0: like uh i like what did you say about our dueling tiny tim impressions oh, when cause me and him were both doing them at the same time that episode was a lot of fun definitely yeah. go back and check that
1: out editing that was the highlight of editing for me <laughs> but, yeah um it's called weeb 2k and it's all about like pre-2000s anime which is like my favorite era of that kind of stuff so i'm really excited for it so if you guys are into that kind of stuff make sure you do check that out
0: oh yeah because p i know like i have done that episode with him he was so much fun to do it with because he's funny as fuck
1: oh yeah he's great and then make sure you check out me shameless plug on geek positive and ruthless retrospective every week make sure you guys follow us on what do we have brett
0: uh we have throbbing uh we're horror. on Twitter at throbbing horror uh we're on Instagram and TikTok at throbbing with horror and that's our social media. We don't have yeah. a Facebook page. I was yeah. thinking about maybe making one, but I'm already running three other accounts, so I'm like You know what?
1: I have a Facebook page for the whole network, and you know what? I don't do shit with it. Facebook's so boring.
0: It, it, Facebook's dead. It's what your parents are on now, you know. Yeah, I
1: find some funny memes on there and I usually just send to the group chat and that's about it.
0: And usually those are on the Facebook groups that I'm in. Like the, yeah, like the groups niche, are cool. Like,
1: I like the groups.
0: Yeah, the Facebook, like normal Facebook sucks. The groups are a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. And, but, yeah, that's throbbing with Horror for this week. Um, yeah, I don't just, really have anything else.
0: No, I don't have anything else. I'm just kind of sad now. This is me at midnight on Halloween when it goes to November 1st, and I'm just sad because it's over. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, we got some stuff to look forward to, namely... I'm not going to give it away, but the episode we will drop on April 23rd, I'm extremely excited about.
0: Oh yeah, that I'm very, very excited about. That's going to be a lot of fun.
1: And to be honest, everything leading up to it, we like we've been saying, we are stacked solid now.
0: Yeah, we got a lot of really good solid movies coming up. And do not worry, I promise you, we will talk about the great Edward D. Wood Jr. once again one day.
1: Yeah, I don't see him on the list, but we this show is going to go on forever whether you people want it or not
0: yeah so one year we will definitely be back for Edwood. yes but um unless you have anything else man no all right well uh thanks everyone for listening to this extremely special episode and um take care in the future and we hope we've left your brains pulsing and throbbing with horror